Let us pray. And the man of God was wroth with him, and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria, till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. 2 Kings 13.19 Dear Lord, as I continue to experience your goodness in my life, I will remember the moments where I cried out to you and I chose to honor you in all that I do. I confess that when comfort and complacency try to rush into my life, I will stay focused and diligent to follow your ways. As you give me the arrows of opportunity to live out my dreams, unlike the kings in 2 Kings 13, I will continue to strike the ground countless times because I know that my victory will not be a one-time event, but will usher in a victorious lifestyle. Similar to the life of Elijah, position me to leave a legacy of honoring and loving you with all my heart. I will not stop until I hear the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Broken Kings and a Dying Prophet In our last story, we learned about the rise and fall of Joash, Joash began his rule as a young child, growing under the love and care of the high priest. However, when the priest died, Joash's heart grew sour and against the things of God. He caused the people to stumble and was ultimately remembered for his wickedness. Now we learn about the continual fall of the kings of Israel. They refused to acknowledge God, making Israel more and more vulnerable. Although there was promise for temporary victory, they could not see the looming threat that was to come. Elisha, the prophet who stood against the wicked kings his whole life, gives his last bit of aid before exiting the earth. Inspired by the book of Second Kings. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last time together, we heard about the tragic life of Joash. Though he followed God and served him in his early years under the wise counsel of Jehoiada, the high priest, in the end, Joash turned away from God to serve pagan idols and his own selfish indulgences. His failures led Judah astray and brought God's judgment once again upon the people. Today, we'll turn north once again to the kingdom of Israel. Just like Judah, 
Israel and her kings had ups and downs, sometimes running back to God, but often turning away. Their unfaithfulness had left them weak and vulnerable, and disaster was on the horizon. Finally, we'll hear of the last earthly days of God's prophet Elisha and his final words of counsel to a king of Israel. Let's listen now to God's word. Israel was in a continual pattern of rising and falling. Kings, citizens, and leaders would rise to seek and worship the Lord, then fall into a cycle of wickedness and self-worship. The heart of Israel tore and struggled to seek higher living. This was the state of humanity since the fall in Eden. Men and women sought their own self-satisfaction over the higher calling of selflessness and holiness. Yet sometimes there were leaders, prophets, and kings who would point towards the higher good. They would lead in a way that reflected the character of God. They would save God's people from their enemies and lift them up to a higher calling. Yet King Jehoahaz was not one of these heroes— He was not strong enough in his character to lead Israel in worship and truth. He reigned in Israel for seventeen years. During his time as king, he lived solely for self-glorification. He worshipped the gods of Israel's enemies. As a result, he continually lost in battle. He marched into each fight with his men at his back. He drew his sword, he lifted his shield, and he rode his chariot. But the Lord was not with him. The Lord did not march with him. Instead, the Lord's anger burned against King Jehoahaz. He allowed for King Aram and Ben-Hadad and Aram to overthrow the armies of Israel. With each raid, with each battle, and with each mission, Jehoahaz's army depleted dramatically. Jehoahaz walked through his palace doors after another brutal defeat. His armor was heavy as was his heart. His arms were sore from battle. His face was dirty from riding his horse through the dusty battlefield. As he entered his chambers, he took off his armor and fell to his knees. He knew God had always been there to hear him. He knew that the God of David and Moses was present and able to help. However, he warred in his heart against him. Yet for the first time, He felt his heart break for his people. He knew that he was losing because of his disobedience. So he put his pride aside for a moment and cried out to the Lord. His heart melted before God. He prayed for favor and rescue from oppression. He prayed that he would halt the onslaught of raids. He prayed that he would restore safety to his people. The Lord heard him. He honored Jehoahaz's request and restored Israel to a place of safety and wealth. The Arameans no longer had their boot on the throat of Israel. Their raids ceased and their armies subsided like a shrinking tide. Yet with safety came comfort. With comfort came complacency. And with complacency came compromise. King Jehoahaz stopped kneeling in the presence of God and resumed kneeling at the foot of the Asherah pole in Samaria. The people followed the example of their king, and Israel's heart continued its path into darkness. 
Riches were sacrificed at the altar of the pagan gods, and wisdom was forsaken for lawlessness. As a result, Israel's armies were reduced to a fraction of what they once were. The kingdom was becoming more and more vulnerable. This would prove as the first step into complete slavery. A darkness was rising from the south. A darkness that would prove too great for the kingdom of Israel to bear. Jehoahaz's time on earth came to an end. He left no legacy of excellence and was not remembered for his courage or devotion. His son Jehoash took his place as ruler over Israel. He followed in the footsteps of his father and pursued his own pleasure above the righteousness of God. Jehoash was a stubborn soul. He refused to turn from the sins of his father and set his heart on leading Israel astray. He ruled in Israel for sixteen years. In his time as king, he made them more vulnerable to the impending threat that was rising against Israel. There was something wicked coming to claim the heart of God's people, a foe more formidable than Egypt. On the outskirts of Samaria, Elisha coughed in his bed. The fields below him were painted gold from the sunset, and the beautiful spring breeze gently caressed his cheeks. It was nearly time for him to depart to be with the Lord. His soul was longing for rest, and his body was fading back into dust. For all of Jehoash's flaws, he was endeared to the prophet Elisha. The king knelt beside his bed and wept over him. He knew that Elisha could help against Israel's enemies, particularly Syria. Elisha looked at the king. He knew that Syria should be the least of Israel's worries. There were greater threats awaiting. Nonetheless, he desired to comfort his king. Get a bow and some arrows, Elisha told the king. He did as he was told. Open up the eastern window, Elisha said, gesturing to the window beside his bed. Jehoash opened the window and beheld the view. There were beautiful plains before him. Lilies adorned the grassy hills. The grass was light under the sunset, and the hills rolled towards the city of Samaria. Shoot, Elisha commanded. So the king shot his arrow into the distance. The king looked back at the prophet to find him smiling. That is the Lord's arrow, he explained. You will have victory over the Syrians. The king returned Elisha's smile. They shared a sweet moment together. Although the king was an idol worshipper, Elisha still felt it was his duty to seek God on his behalf. Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground, Elisha said. It was a peculiar request for Jehoash. However, he knew there was symbolism at work. He struck the arrows three times on the ground. Elisha's smile turned into a scowl. Why did you stop? he asked. You should have struck the ground more times than that, at least five or six. You very well may have only victory over your enemies three times. The king left, and Elisha was left alone with his God. He peered out the window, thinking of all the miracles he had seen God do. He thought of his life, his ministry, and all the things God had done in him and through him. Although much of his time was spent counseling wicked kings, he had the privilege of watching everyday people be healed and restored. He smiled, exhaled, and inhaled.
into eternity. As we begin today's reading, Israel continues to be distant and disobedient to God. It seems that for every righteous and honorable king that sat on the throne and led the people back to the Lord, many others rose up who pursued wickedness, false gods, and their own glory. Israel is in many ways a picture of the human condition. Since the fall in the garden, mankind was stuck in a pattern of turning from God, suffering, crying out in repentance, and then quickly forgetting the Lord when things went well. And if we're honest, unfortunately, we can recognize at times this same pattern in our own lives. The power and the presence of sin pulls us away, and we're always tempted to sin. Sometimes we don't understand why we do what we do or why we don't do why we ought to do. But praise God, when we confess our sins, we find forgiveness in Christ who died for every sin, past, present, and future. When we fall, we are secure in the grace of God. God never leaves us or forsakes us, even when we walk away from Him. But in today's passage, Israel has not yet received the promised Messiah, and so they are stuck in this cycle, stuck with far more evil kings than good ones. And in our reading, we discover that King Jehoahaz was not one of the good ones. He was constantly giving his heart and attention to idols. He lived to please himself rather than God. And as the king went, so did the people. So Israel suffered defeat after defeat in the hands of their enemies. In each defeat, it was like a piece of their hearts being shipped away, destroyed by sin and rebellion. It left them weak and vulnerable, as sin always does. It's been said that sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you far more than you want to pay. Finally, King Jehoahaz's army was decimated, depleted, and the king was desperate. Though he had turned away from God, he did not forget the Lord entirely, and he knew very well that only God could save them. In 2 Kings 13.4, we read, Then Jehoahaz sought the favor of the Lord, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, how the king of Syria oppressed them. While God is truly a God of judgment and righteousness, he never delights in punishing his children. In his holiness and goodness, God cannot let unrighteousness go unanswered, but he is always responsive when we truly repent, crying out to him for forgiveness. God is a loving Father who never wants to see His children suffer or hurt. So, the Lord comes to the rescue of Israel. And for a time, things changed positively for Israel. Israel resisted the Syrians and experienced some peace and stability. But it was short-lived, for Jehoahaz and the people turned away once more, bending the knee at Asherah poles, rejecting the God who saved them. They fell again to the enemy the beginning of a downward spiral that would end in change and captivity. King Jehoahaz died, and his son Jehoash took the throne. But it was a case of like father, like son. Wickedness persisted like a cancer in the land, eroding the strength of a nation that could have seen greatness had they continued to believe and trust in God. Instead, they followed their own desires set themselves on a disastrous collision course with an enemy like none they had ever seen before. During the reign of Jehoash, God's prophet Elisha came to the end of his life on earth. 
He had seen God do great things, just as he had promised when he took on the mantle from his mentor, Elijah. He had counseled, cautioned, and cared for many kings, most of them evil. And God used this man in a mighty way to bring blessings and judgment upon the people. Now he had one final task before leaving to be in the presence of the Lord. King Joash came to his bedside, and though the king was stubborn and sinful, he wanted to seek favor with God and knew Elijah was the man he needed to see. Elisha heard the request and gave the king an odd command. He was to shoot an arrow out of the window. The king did this, and Elisha told him this represented the victory God would give the king over Syria. Next, he told Jehoash to strike the ground with remaining arrows. The king struck the ground only three times. Elisha told him that he should have kept striking the ground repeatedly, for now he would only have victory three times rather than the complete victory over Syria. Elisha's words foreshadowed Israel's coming demise and defeat and provides us a lesson that when God asks you to go in, you must go in all the way because partial disobedience is full disobedience. Elisha passed into glory knowing that he had served the Lord with courage and conviction and an example to which we can all aspire. Thank you, Lord, for the inspiring life of Elisha. We thank you for the powerful witness of this man in a very wicked time. God, give us courage always to stand for you, even in dark days. And we thank you for your loving kindness and forgiveness when we sin and you return us to yourself. May we put our eyes upon you And just as Elijah, look forward to the day that we are in your presence. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer the priority of your life. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love, because by sharing the Word of God, you can make a huge difference in someone's life. And let me encourage you to go to jackgraham.org. That's jackgraham.org to find multiple resources, many resources for your Christian walk and life. God bless you and have a great day. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.